while leaders of democracies around the world are mourning Navalny's death, former President Donald Trump remains silent. Trump has not spoken about Navalny publicly since the opposition leader's death. When CNN asked his campaign for a response, aides pointed to a Truth Social post in which he made no mention of the Russian opposition leader, bashed Joe Biden, and claimed that America is no longer respected. That silence has his last remaining GOP challenger questioning whether he thinks it's cool to kill political opponents. It's actually pretty amazing that he not only after making those comments that he would encourage Putin to invade NATO, but the fact that he won't acknowledge anything with Navalny, either he sides with Putin and thinks it's cool that that Putin killed one of his political opponents or he just doesn't think it's that big of a deal. Either one of those is concerning. Either one of those is a problem. Here in Washington, there is no sign that lawmakers are close to any kind of a deal that would send more military aid to Ukraine. While President Biden has said arming Ukraine would be the best way to punish Putin, House Republicans are sitting on their hands, yielding to pressure from Trump, who has demanded that aid to Kyiv come in the form of loans as Ukrainian soldiers run out of ammunition and as Putin tightens his grip over Russia. Let's discuss that and more now with CNN senior political commentators David Axelrod and Scott Jennings. Scott, you're here with me in the studio. Let me start with you. Uh, what do you think about what we just heard from Nikki Haley? Well, um, I think she is speaking for a portion of the Republican Party uh, that remembers the old line of thinking as it relates to our posture uh, versus Russia. Uh, and she's running against someone who represents, you know, the new, the new line of thinking here. And, you know, her side's losing right now. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. I mean, I think the reality is for Trump, he probably thinks he's going to win the election. So criticizing Putin now doesn't do him any good. And number two, maybe he doesn't think it's a big deal, honestly, that an opposition leader in another country died. He's never expressed all that much of a care about what goes on internally in some of these other places. So I'm not sure we should expect him to start now. Uh, David, uh, there's another Republican speaking out, uh, former Congresswoman Liz Cheney. She's urging the uh, House Speaker Mike Johnson to call the House back from its recess to work on getting aid to Ukraine. And here's what she said this morning. Mike Johnson ought to search deep in his conscience, understanding exactly what's happening, the slaughter that's happening uh, in Ukraine today, the extent to which the Ukrainians are on the front lines in this battle for freedom. And history will look back at this moment and, and ask, what did Mike Johnson do? David, is Trump effectively the Speaker of the House right now? Well, it seems that way. Uh, the fact that uh, Johnson can't make a move uh, without him is, is pretty clear. Listen, uh, Jim, this whole weekend has been really uh, portentous and, uh, you know, disturbing. Uh, you know, first Navalny is murdered. Uh, you, uh, then the Russians uh, overrun Ukraine in a key city because the Ukrainians don't have the ammunition they need, because Trump has told the U.S. Congress uh, not to move forward on aid to Ukraine. Uh, and what is he doing during all of this? He's selling sneakers in Pennsylvania. Uh, I mean, the whole thing is just so outrageous. Uh, and, uh, and, and, and dangerous for the world. You know, I think that uh, Scott uh, is very uh, correct in his analysis that the Republican Party is split. Uh, but the fact is that this isn't just, we have to step out of our analyst's role here for a second and just note the stakes here and what it would mean if Putin were to overrun Ukraine uh, and if Ukraine failed because 
Trump had bridled the U.S. Congress from doing what a majority of members of Congress want to do, what 70 members of the U.S. Senate have said they want to do. Uh, it's really an extraordinary moment. And uh, it's outrageous that the House is out right now, that they're taking a two-week vacation rather than acting uh, at this moment in history. It's, it's really, this is uh, uh, quite a moment here, Jim. Yeah, Scott, I mean, and, and also at a moment when in, in recent days Donald Trump has been saying uh, to NATO countries, uh, you know, if you don't yeah. meet your common obligation, uh, Putin should be able to do whatever he wants. Um, does this make Republicans privately uncomfortable? I know there's a, there's a public face they've got to put out there or else they're going to get clubbed over the head by, by Donald Trump. But I, I have to think that this, this is unnerving to a good deal of Republicans privately. Oh, I don't know what to do about this. Absolutely. I mean, I think there's a great many Republicans, especially Republican elected officials, who've spent most of their career trying to set up the United States to be the counterbalance to Russia and other you know, bad actors around the world. And, and, and I think internally, privately, they must be thinking, well, I've, I've worked my whole life on this, and now we're taking a different posture. It must make them extremely uncomfortable. I know that it does. And then you do have some Republicans who, especially in the U.S. Senate, uh, who did step out and do the right thing on trying to put the United States in the position of defending our Ukrainian allies against the Russians. This debate, we've always had isolationists in our party. It's just that that, that particular strain of foreign policy thinking is, is ascendant right now because the most likely person uh, to be our, our presidential nominee apparently believes in it. Is there a deficit of courage, though, to take on Trump and say, no, that it is wrong to tell Vladimir Putin he can do whatever he wants? It is wrong to not speak out when Alexei Navalny yeah. I think, dies. I think some people believe in the isolationism, and I, I take them at their word. I mean, we've always had people who have believed in a withdrawn America that have found uh, themselves in the Republican Party. But I also think there are other people who know better and who do very little about it or nothing about it because they just don't want to deal with the hassle of being on the wrong side of the person uh, that is going to be our nominee, especially during a primary when, look, Haley has no chance. It's not like they're standing up for someone who has a fighting chance to uh, be the, the Ukrainians, nominee. Ukrainians, they're, they're dying. So. They're, they're, they're yielding ground because they're running out of ammo. I agree with you. I, I mean, yeah. I think David and I, and I agree with him. But look, I, we're, on this, we're on the same position here. The United States should, should support the Ukrainians. Russia running wild through Europe with little resistance because we can't find enough artillery to fight them off. This is a great deal for the United States. We're degrading the military of our biggest adversary and not a single troop is in harm's way. And most of the money we're spending is gonna be spent right here in the United States. I mean, there's a great argument for it. Yeah. Uh, but the people who believe otherwise right now do find themselves in a strong position because their chosen nominee uh, is, is the person who is the most influential Republican in the country on policy and politics. And, and David, Jim, we uh, should, we should go we, ahead. We, we, uh, well, I just want to recall the fact that when uh, Putin rolled into Ukraine, Donald Trump's first reaction was to call it genius. If you can snatch another country, uh, why not? Uh, and then over the weekend, uh, he the only thing that we've heard from him on the subject was on his uh, Truth Social site. He re retweeted an article that basically uh, repeated the Kremlin talking points about uh Alexei Navalny and, uh, you know, that he had been uh, convicted of fraud and he, you know, all that just the just the party line stuff. Putin has to be just a gleeful uh, with the assistance that he's getting from Trump here. And the fact that Trump has such control uh, over the process here that he is literally handcuffing 
the Ukrainians while the Russians move forward. This is this is really, you know, I, Scott, I, I don't disagree with the word that Scott has said. His analysis is very, very on point. But the, the but it's still shocks the senses to see a guy who was president of the United States and might be again, who is willing to uh, be a party uh, to, to this kind of stuff. And David, I mean, just to follow up on that, we heard the president yesterday, uh, you know, blasting House Republicans for leaving town and, and not passing uh, this bill to, to fund uh, the Ukrainian uh, military. Yeah. And, uh, you know, should the president take the ball and run with this? Uh, go after the Republicans on AG. Oh, go after the Republicans Jim, on the border. That was another one where Trump you know, put out the bat listen, signal and they backed down. I, I, I think that uh, this is this. The president and every one of his surrogates should be flooding the zone on this. These guys walked away from the most conservative border bill that we've seen in decades, painstakingly negotiated by uh, Republicans, Democrats and independents in the United States Senate over months. Uh, the president endorsed it. They walk away from it. And now they have uh, the uh, temerity to suggest that they're not going to move forward on aid to Ukraine and Israel because they don't have a border bill. I mean, it's just every single Democratic voice should be raised right now because this is truly outrageous and irresponsible. And if this is what Donald Trump and the Republicans are offering America, America really needs to hear about it uh, loud and clear. Yeah, Scott, last word. I mean, yeah. uh, Mike Johnson has said in the past that, that the United States is not going to leave the Ukrainians in the lurch. Yeah. Uh, what should he say when he comes back from this recess? Well, I, I think I wish he would say I want it all. I want to help the Ukrainians. I want to help Israel. I want to secure the border. I mean, I don't know why we can't get greedy here as Republicans and portray ourselves as a party that wants to do everything that is a national priority instead of nothing that is a national priority, which is what we're doing right now. So I, I hope they take two weeks think it through and come back and realize that the Republicans are in a position here to show the American people they can govern and they can be responsible uh, governing partners here, even, even when we don't obviously control two of the three legs of the stool. And so if they do that, I think the elections will be better this year. If they are uh, intransigent and they won't do that, uh, it will not bode well uh, in the fall. Because I do think, above all, the American people just most often look at Washington and say, why, why can't you guys just Get stuff done. Solve yeah. the problems. Yeah. And uh, and when, when people are getting blamed for not doing that, it usually means something bad at the ballot box. All right, David and Scott, thanks, guys, very much. Much appreciated.